friend! Welcome to the Bookshop Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and I run an indie bookstore in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, in the cutest little community called High Street that you have ever seen. This podcast is about books, the people who love them, and the business side of running an indie bookstore during a pandemic. Today on the Bookshop Chronicles, we will mention some books, absolutely, but Bookshop life is not just about books, it is also a business. So, today on this segment of The Business Bar, we are going to talk about the transition from book truck to bookshop and all the reasons why that happened. shall we? I still get many, many messages about the book truck. First of all, people want to know why I started it, how that happened, how it's going, the whole deal. And then people realize, oh, you're not doing the book truck anymore. And then I get all sorts of messages about what happened, did it fail, what was the decision making behind it. And also I get requests, can I please buy the book truck? So for information about how we got started with the book truck and how that all went, I will encourage you to go way back to the beginning of the podcasts. Listen to the earlier episodes because I did go into quite a bit of detail about the decision making and the whys and hows of book truck life. So please go back and listen to those. And then if you still have questions, by all means, send them to me. Okay. So let's talk about the transition from having the book truck to having a brick and mortar store. This is something that I get asked so often. And I know that this is a curious thing because most people think that the truck was kind of a unicorn, right? It was sort of this this fun and freaky thing that you don't see very often that raises some eyebrows. However, a bookstore is pretty common. It is not new and they seem to be everywhere although they're not, let's be honest. So here's how it goes. All right, so here are the reasons why we surrendered the book truck. One, the cost was too high. Uh, This year, our insurance and the fees for licensing and truck maintenance were far too high when we factored in the fact that we had far less opportunities to take the truck to events and to reach people in the areas that we were hoping to reach when we started. So when we began, we did take the truck to community leagues and neighborhood events and book clubs and block parties and markets and festivals and all sorts of things, music events, I mean, you name it. We took the book truck everywhere that we were supposed to and a lot of places that we weren't. <laughs> um, however, This year, because of the pandemic, a lot of places were not planning to do their events. That means that we had 
far less opportunities to take the book truck out and make it pay for itself just by being out in the world. Because in Edmonton, our winter is so long, that means the truck is parked not being available for events and for book shopping for quite a long time. I mean, we're talking October to March. That's a long time for your store to be out of business. So we realized that if we weren't going to community events and as many markets and festivals were definitely not happening, that really the truck would be parked most of the time. That is a super expensive park job, y'all. It really, really is. Plus, then we had to factor in what to do with the inventory for that time. So let's say we could take it out, let's say three times, maybe four times a month. That's not very much. But how do you then stock the inventory for that and still keep the store stocked? It, you know what? It, it just didn't work. Initially, when we had planned the number of events that we were initially doing with the truck, it would have been fine. We could do it. We had a whole system. It would have been great. Ha, ah, welcome the pandemic. Yeah, that changed everything. So yeah, markets and festivals, events, community leagues just was not happening. Then let's factor in Edmonton weather, shall we? Many of you who are listening to this are from out of country, which means you are probably in places where you do not have <laughs> the struggles with weather that we do here. So last year was a bizarre wet year, not just because the pandemic was, you know, a pandemic, but because we had record days where the rain was a problem, the wind was a problem, the Weather was not at all in our favor. So the days that we had that were sunny and warm and were fine, oh, did we ever max those days out? Let me tell you, that was a great thing. My husband calls those daisy days. And there were just not as many daisy days as we would have liked. So that is also a problem. Books are incredibly sensitive to humidity and wind and sun and all sorts of things. So to protect the book babies, yeah, that, that's an issue too. Okay, so let's also talk about just the pandemic itself. So the pandemic means that if people are being six feet away and in a book truck, you can only have so much space. So when it started, you could have one person or your family or your cohort or however you want to think about it. And then it got more strict. So you have one person in the truck who's browsing, who's enjoying, who's taking their time, because that's what you do in a bookstore. You don't speed it up. It's not a race. But then you have a lineup of people outside who are waiting, and that is very discouraging. The person in the truck is feeling pressured because they have to go fast. That's no fun. The people outside are feeling frustrated because they know that their time is limited, and what if the person in the truck is getting the book they wanted? <gasps> I know, somebody actually said that. It kind of made me laugh. Um, but here's the thing. If you can only have one, maybe two people in the truck at a time, that means that you're not making nearly as much per event as you would have before because your exposure to the number of readers is significantly less. So even if you're at an event that has so many people, if you are in a truck, only so many people can actually shop from your shelves. That is a problem. I loved all the people who took pictures of the truck and said, oh, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. They just walked right on by. That means they're not actually helping me as a business at all because we did not sell any books. So as much as they appreciated it and it looked really cute, it doesn't pay to have the truck there for them to take a photo and keep walking. 
as much as having the book truck was a wonderful, completely exhausting experience, it is not something that I think is sustainable. Now, you can certainly argue with me, and if you live in a place that's warmer, we can have that same conversation because Edmonton is very unique in that way. But I do believe that having the book truck was the precedent for having the store, even if we planned eventually to do them in tandem, we did have to surrender the book truck to make the store more beneficial to the community and to do what we really wanted to do, which was create a community of readers and establish connections with people where they felt significant and we felt that we knew them more. And that's just really hard to do when you're always leaving people. Because when you're in a truck, think about it. You're there and that's great. But then you're actually leaving everybody else. So here are some of the reasons why I think that a book truck, especially in my neck of the woods, is not sustainable. One, okay, definitely the weather and the seasons. I mentioned before, it is highly unpredictable. Books are sensitive to all things, and the amount of OCD I developed about whether or not there was a raindrop on the ground or whether somebody came in and had raindrops on their shoulders, does that mean that my books outside are in jeopardy? Does that mean I have to close the doors because the wind is freaking coming in sideways? Yeah, this happened. This was a nightmare. So I had a side door and back doors. Some days I would have to close the side door because it was coming in that way. And then the panel doors on the back or the wing doors, whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. Anyway, those doors would be subject to the rain because it would run right down the door. So everything that was near the door had to be backed up into the truck. I was constantly covering books with sheets of plastic and moving them from outside and stacking them. Oh my gosh. Can I, does it sound exhausting the way I'm talking? It really was. I was incredibly nervous about the change in the weather all the time. Because they say here in Edmonton, and most of Alberta, it's nice, but if you wait 10 minutes, it will change. This is 100% true. And if you are doing a business where you have to be outdoors, the weather must be a factor. So, even though when I went to markets, people said I had the ideal situation because I could stand in there and be dry while they were all holding their tents with their hands and getting soaked and their products were getting destroyed by the rain and the wind and the mess. Yeah, it seemed ideal, but really nobody was coming. If it's raining, it's, people are not coming to the events, right? If it's too windy, nobody's coming to the events. If it's a pandemic, very few people are coming to the events. So the weather is a huge deal, not in terms of protecting your product and your inventory, but also whether or not people are actually going to be outdoors and spending money at your business. Okay, so the weather, yeah, that was a problem. Nothing I can do about the weather, but still not ideal. So then the other issue is the community building. So as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that's very important to me is creating a community of readers. And what didn't occur to me until later when we stopped doing the book truck is that every time I rolled into a community, that was great for that community. But I was literally rolling away from every other community. 
So many people said to me, oh yeah, I've been following you on Instagram and and I really like what you're doing and I listen to your podcast, but I was never able to actually come to the truck on one of the times that you were available because that's the problem. You're never available for everybody. There's a really kind of a magical element to that, right? Ooh, it's going to be here. Ooh, it's not. Ooh, FOMO. You could miss it. You better get it while you can. But that's not how most everybody works. And when it comes to a book community, they don't want to chase down the truck on the off day they can get it. They want to know that if they need a book, they can just go to you and they can count on you. So that is another reason. Being available for your community means being available. And now with the store, we're literally available seven days a week. We're available online. We're available in a place where they can come and they can browse through all the books. I'll get to that in a minute. But the part is that now we actually can build community and we can know them. We can know what our readers want. We can customize our shelves to what reading styles they are interested in. And when they come in, we can connect about the things that are happening in their lives. It literally is like Norm on Cheers. They come in and are like, hey, Madge. Hey, Susan. Hey, Michelle. What's going on? Hi, Russ. How's the, how's the barbecue you had last week? Because that's what it's about. It's about people knowing people. The books that we read are always stories about other people. I did not ever want to lose the connection with humans and only be a unicorn. Unicorns are great, but that was not for me. It's not sustainable. So another issue is inventory storage. If you have a book truck, the books that are in your truck is not the full extent of your inventory. So in our truck, we held up to 2,000 books, and that was never all of my inventory. We usually had at some point, I think, what did we have, 12,000 books? And so I was always switching the shelves out, trying to have the books be relevant for what I thought the community that I was visiting that day would want to read. Restocking the popular books, taking out the books that were not doing very well, that kind of thing. But that means that when somebody comes into the book truck, they would say, do you have The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin? And I would say, oh, you know, I do, but it's not in the truck. The amount of times I said that, y'all, is actually insane. Because I didn't have access to all of my inventory. And I so desperately wanted to make that sale for them and put that book in their hands. But I, and I knew I had it, which is the frustrating thing, but I didn't have it in the truck. So inventory management is an issue as well. You have to have a place where you can safely secure your books. Where are you going to store them? So we had a humidity and temperature controlled garage that we actually had all of our books in. My husband built all these shelves. It was pretty fantastic. But still, it's a lot. And we, we couldn't park in the garage for about two and a half years. So it's it's something you have to dedicate time to. And I know some people have paid for storage units because they have nowhere else to store the books. This is a very serious issue. How are you going to get the books? That's one. That's entirely your own issue, depending on your business model. But then where are you going to store them safely that is going to actually cater to what books need, which is no sun, no humidity, <laughs> and a realistic temperature. So keeping things balanced and safe and 
having the capacity available in terms of size for all the books that we needed, that is something that you have to definitely consider. One of the other big costs that people don't think about are the costs of permits, licensing, insurance, truck maintenance, um, the cost to just park the truck somewhere. It's not free to just pull up and open your store and just have at her. This is not the 1930s. You have to pay to be everywhere. And there are certain restrictions of where you can and can't go. There are permit guidelines. There are policies. There are Oh my gosh, I have been kicked out of two markets because one of the policies that the Alberta farmers markets have is that you cannot sell any pre-owned items. So no used goods sold at an Alberta approved farmers market. Well, most of my inventory are previously owned books. So the people who ran the markets did not know that this was part of the policy. And yet an Alberta market assessor who comes around with their clipboard and make sure that they're not breaking any rules, sees me and says to me, uh, you can't be here, you have to go. Twice, I got kicked out of two markets. <sighs> you guys, there are so many little rules. Okay, so definitely the cost, the permits, the restrictions, all of those things you have to consider. When you have a bookstore, you pay for all that, but then you stay planted where you are. So you do all of that once and then you're good. Okay, you are coming back from an out of town event and you blow a tire in the middle of nowhere. Yes, this happened, that was a terrible day. And you are stranded on the side of the road on a highway in the middle of nowhere. If you blow a tire, that's your entire store down, right? That's <laughs> like if all of a sudden the doors to your store, your brick and mortar are broken and nobody can get in, your store's closed, you can't open. Your tr book truck is only as good as whether or not the truck is functioning. So if a tire blows, if the engine has an issue, if there's something wrong with it, then your store is done. You have to cancel events. And truck maintenance is not also just making sure it looks pretty. So that means decking out the outside and you have to deck out and retrofit the whole inside to build the store but it's making sure that it all supports your inventory properly, that people are safe when they come in, that it runs in a healthy manner, that it doesn't leak oil or anything all over the places where you go to park at an event. There's so many things in terms of maintaining your truck and keeping it safe and strong. <laughs> oh man, you guys, this is your whole store on wheels. Think about that. If anything happens, your store is down. It is out for the count. So you have to really take care of your truck. And one of the other reasons why I don't think that a book truck is sustainable is because there are just far too many limitations on what you can do to connect with your reading community. So could I set the truck up somewhere and have a story time for kids? It depends on where you go. It depends on what is permitted. Could I set up the book truck somewhere and host book clubs? Uh, there you go. That depends on where you go and what's permitted. And it depends on the weather. And it depends on your location. Could I have any sort of author event? Well, not likely. Because especially during a pandemic, you only have a certain number of people who have access to the inside of the truck. And then to the outside of a truck, well, you know six feet that's that's not a really good event you know what i'm saying so the truck seems like a really great idea 
but I think a truck by nature is best as a to and from vehicle. It is. It was a great delivery truck. I mean, although would I recommend taking 2,000 books with you when you go to make deliveries? Probably not. But it was great advertising because you cannot miss a 20-foot truck with a huge daisy on it. You know what I'm saying? That gets noticed. And my passion was not to just be a unicorn forever. The book truck is a great idea, and it was kind of a risk. However, a mild risk compared to other ones. And I'm not at all sorry that I did it because the book truck made it possible for the store to flourish. We brought the book truck community with us when we opened the store, and I think that that was still an incredibly, incredibly smart way to go. But I think the book truck has to be a stepping stone, not an end result. Um, I know that there are definitely um, book truck chicks that I know who are doing it and who are thriving in their own ways. I wish them nothing but the best. They are doing a fantastic job. They are killing it. But I knew that there was something else on the horizon for me. And once I was very aware of the bookstore possibility, I just, I couldn't shake it. In the same way, I couldn't shake the book truck idea in the first place. I've had so many people come into the bookstore and tell me that I'm incredibly bold and brave and ballsy to open a bookstore during a pandemic. But this is not new to me. I definitely heard from a lot of skeptics that doing a book truck was a pretty bold and brave endeavor as well. Uh, apparently, this is my wheelhouse. I guess being comfortable is just not for me. <laughs> and I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, you probably have a bold, brave idea that is just percolating in the back of your mind. You are maybe already advancing in an area that you might think could be a little risky in the marketplace, or you are considering taking your idea to paper and then telling somebody and moving the needle forward. Whatever stage you are at, good for you. It takes people who have vision and chutzpah and a willingness to take those two things to the next level that makes the marketplace grand. And there is definitely room for your idea, whatever it is. People out there are looking for something to champion. We are done, thank you very much, with those big mega box businesses that just are dominating everything. It's unoriginal. It's dull. Come on. Let's let's root for the little guy. Where are the David and Goliath stories, right? We love those. Okay, so be the David. Honestly, do it. Do whatever it is to go to the next level. If you are not a David, but you really want to support a David, oh, please, please. We cannot stress enough as independent businesses during a pandemic how critical your support is of all of our different businesses. It is because of you that we are still around. And thankfully, you have discovered that there is something great about these small businesses and you continue to go back time and time again because you've discovered there is value and there is something human about those interactions that you do lack when you do the click and, and shop that way. So thank you to everybody who is shopping local, who is making a difference, and who is really championing the little guys to do their great thing. As small business owners, 
We do this for you, but we cannot do it without you. So please consider all of that when you are going to make purchases and who you're going to support because every visit, every purchase matters. It really, really does. Okay, so as we close, I am going to just give you an update on the books that I am reading lately. I finished a book yesterday that I will talk about in an upcoming episode. I have many thoughts. I am currently reading Not My Father's Son, a memoir by Alan Cumming. It is very good. He's got a really, really good narrative voice, and I'm um, both saddened and encouraged by his story. I'm almost finished The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane by Kate DiCamillo. That is a mid-grade book, which is so heartwarming, and it is just one of the most tender Pinocchio-esque kind of stories. Oh, you guys, it is, it is beautiful, and I'm loving it. I am still reading Emily of New Moon, which is the first book in the Emily Star series by Ellen Montgomery. And this is not a first time I've read this book, but it is a reread for me, and I'm taking it slowly, so I'm still loving it. And I'm about halfway through The Haunted Bookshop by Christopher Morley. This is number two in his Parnassus um, series, and it is also endearing. The It is an older book, so it is not necessarily the same kind of modern language, but the pace of it is delicate and light, and it's so well written. Um, there's also another one, but I will talk about that one in an upcoming episode. As I mentioned before, this podcast is being listened to in eight countries consistently. That is amazing to me. And it would really mean so much if you would leave a review, share this podcast with people who you think would love it. And if you're going to support local, please choose to get your audiobooks through Libro FM. And choose Daisy Chain Book Co. as your independent bookstore of choice. We would love that. And remember, no matter how you serve the world, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant. Be generous. Be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Talk to you soon. Bye.